on, everybody? This is cast. So the players asked where and when. Now it looks like we're finally heading in the right direction. It's been a struggle, a tennis match or proposals between the MLB and the PA, but it looks like we'll get somewhere between 60 and 70 games and prorated salaries. So it looks like we finally have something here. Yeah, I mean, it looks like uh, looks like they're finally gaining some traction here, which is excited. It only took only took two months. Um, as exciting as it is, I think the obvious question here is is what took so long. Um, you know, the truth of the matter is that the MLB missed a golden opportunity here to have their sport be front and center um, for the better part of a month, month and a half. Um, you know, the sport as a whole has been has been losing steam over the past uh, several years. They've been losing fans. Um, they haven't really been able to make changes to, to gain more fans. They've, they don't do a great job marketing their game, marketing their players. And this was a great opportunity to be front and center and to gain back some of those fans that they've lost, and, and they missed it. So as exciting as it is, I think it's, it's uh, very easy to point out um, what was missed here. Now, obviously, we're not on the inside, but from a fan's perspective, I can't imagine from a media expect, uh, uh, perspective, it's been it's been really, really frustrating. And you, it just seems whenever a proposal comes out, the players say A, the owners say B. If the owners say B, the players say C. It's just there hasn't been any concessions, it seems like. Um, and if there have been, they've been very, very small. And so it just feels like this was a negotiation process that was, you know, due to be a, a very long one. Yeah, I mean, it almost seemed like, you know, the own, if the owner said, how about we do 60 games and the players come back and say no, the owners would say, all right, well, what if we do 30 plus 30 games? Would that work for you? It's just, you know, like there was no, neither side was willing to compromise. And I think that at the end of the day, the owners are going to take more of the heat here and they should because... At the end of the day, the ball the ball's in their court on uh, to get the season going. So I think uh, big miss for the owners, and certainly makes Rob Manfred look bad, as most everything that happens in the sport does. Yeah, definitely. And a few weeks ago, I was kind of caught in the middle. I was saying, you know, it's the owners, but it's also the players. But in this last last week, it's really, really looked bad for the owners. And eventually, it came to the players starting that slogan, uh, you know, where tell us where and when and. And that's basically them throwing their hands up. And that just put all the pressure on the owners, all the pressure on Manford, who went on uh, ESPN last week and said unequivocally, unequivocally, there won't be, you know, unequivocally, there will be an MLB season. Then it comes back and says, you know, I'm not sure if there is. Then he went on ESPN's Monday night with the governors with, with uh, the five other commissioners in, in other sports and just was the only one without a plan. So he's really, yeah. really looked bad. Yeah, he's looked terrible. And I mean – it really looked like we weren't going to have a season. Um, it, it really looked like that over the weekend. Um, but, you know, as they say, it takes, it takes a person to, to hit rock bottom to realize they need help. And it seemed like they're, it really hit rock bottom there. And the players put together the when and where. And uh, it seems like we're gaining some, pot, some traction in the right direction. So we will take what we can get. Um, the MLB missed an opportunity, but I will be watching no matter what, um, and I'm very excited. I, I am uh, excited as well, but I'll say that you're 100% right. They miss Baseball is – they're in a dangerous place. It kind of feels like they're on life support, 
Um, and I found a stat the other day. In the year 2000, the median age of the baseball fan was 50. And now it's at 57 uh, 20 years later. So, you know, and now they've missed their chance of being the only show in town. All I can say is once they get back on the air, you know, in a couple of weeks, a month, whatever, you know, they better let the bat flips go. They better be, you know, this is an audition. Oh, you yeah. know, they, they'll, they'll have the fans, the young fans' eyes. They better make sure it's a good product. And, you know, in some way, it was almost like they were they were gifted this opportunity to be the only sport at the forefront for an extended so period of time. They, out of any sport, they needed it most, you know. The NBA doesn't need it. The NFL wouldn't need it because those sports would dominate no matter what. The MLB needed it, and they they basically threw up all over themselves and couldn't figure it out. And, you know, the you would think that, that the owners who have uh, – been so successful to get to the point where they're owning a team would would recognize that you know just putting the product on the field could be an investment into the future but they missed the boat and it's a real shame because because it was a huge opportunity for them as uh baseball people will say that was a softball down the middle yeah is that <laughs> is that two corner <laughs> i mean it's true i mean they they had the easy opportunity silver platter right down the middle struck out they they did a john john carlos standing yeah they were they were given a beach ball they couldn't hit it couldn't hit it all right so we're gonna see between 60 and 70 games it looks like we're heading in that direction um so that sample size let's dive into how the postseason could look how many wins do you think it will take to win the division and get the last wild card i mean it is it's so hard to predict right because First of all, Howard, do we know how they're going to be doing the divisions? Is it going to be the same same structure and everything? Do we know that? I can only imagine, I'm not sure. I'm a, I can only imagine it just becomes a sliding scale of how many games they have and how many they have to play within the division. Right. So, I mean, we could, first of all, we could see uh, different divisions looking very different. You know, all teams can all teams in a division can struggle. We could end up seeing a team around 500 getting to the playoffs. We could also see a team that goes like that like 50 and 20 or something but I think what's interesting here is like let's look back to last year a team like the Mariners who ended up being one of the worst teams in the league by far they started the season 13 and 2 so I mean if a team like that starts 13 and 2 or or 10 and 1 or something like that or on the flip side if a very bad very good team starts I don't know 5 and 17 you know, there we have a chance to get some very different teams in the playoffs than we would have been expecting um, going into a full season. I mean, to go off your point, the Mariners example, after 30 games last year, they were 18 and 12. And then they won just 50 games after that, and they finished 39 games back of first place. So, I mean, that's that's what baseball is. It's a, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint, right? right. So cutting these games down into 70, 60 to 70 – it just changes the whole dynamic of what hot streaks are, cold streaks. Baseball is a game built off failure, right? They always say if you are going three out of ten, you're one of the best players in the game, right? So that's a game mostly built on failure, which means there's a lot of hot and cold streaks in baseball. And with 70 games on the line, I don't know how long a team has to be able to afford going on a cold streak. Completely. And and that's that, that will make it fun in a sense. It's going to be very different because – 
in a baseball season, as you said, it's 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 totally a marathon. So we do typically see the best teams rise to the top. Um, but you know, with with seventy games, sixty games, it's it's a much it's more of a sprint, and teams can really focus. You know, not have to plan for the next game next week. They can focus on winning each and every game, and you know that the worst team some hope and that's awesome for them and it could be exciting for the sport um but it's definitely it's definitely going to be different what do you so what do you think wins the division let's say the AL East for example is that a you know 50 game winner is that 55 45 I I don't have a great hold on what would get the job done in a shortened season do you yeah I mean I who knows it could be you know, let's say let's say there are seventy games. You know, forty and thirty, maybe a. I think, I think it, with a seventy game season, you'd like to think that a team is going to need to get to thirty eight plus wins to get, to have a shot, right? Thirty eight yeah. wins would put you at thirty eight and thirty two. Um, you know, that could be a wild card. I don't know, but but there could be. You know. The, who knows? Like the Tampa, the Tampa Bay Rays are structured well for a season like this. They have great pitching. They just they play every team well. You know the Red Sox have some guys who can get on a hot streak. Um, the Yankees are the Yankees, and but like then where do the Orioles factor in? Like why can't they do what the Mariners did last year and start the season eleven and three? And like if they're eleven and three to start the season, they have hope and. You know, a bad team gets some hope. At the end of the day, all these guys are major leaguers, and a couple of guys are on a hot streak. Who knows? That's I think I think you you're definitely onto something with the pitching. And obviously, you know, every year it is you know great pitching wins in October. But I think great pitching is going to have to win in July and August too here now. And I think there won't be time to see you know how your rotation shapes up. You're going to need guys who can go the distance because you can't tire out your bullpen. And maybe you can, but if you need to, to fit everything in in such a short period of time um, with a lot of games, less off days, you know, they're going to be – guys will need to go six to seven innings. And, um, you know, you'll see teams that have a good one and two with a solid three really uh, dominate, I think. Complete. And teams who can hit the long ball. Absolutely. And we've – I mean, we've seen how teams have been using uh, their bullpens down the stretch and in the playoffs the past few years, even, even in the regular season with the starter – um, or the opener, and that is just going – that's going to be maxed out this season. I think we're going to see teams really – you know, every game is going to matter. You know, it's there's not going to be that random game 94 that's the, the set – the back end of a doubleheader where you're kind of just getting through it. There's not going to be that game. Every game is going to matter, um, and that's going to be fun, and it's going to change the strategy a lot for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you won't be turning on the TV in that game watching, you know, four bench players, you know, take the field and you're seeing the starters kind of have that chill day. It's going to be, you know, balls to the wall. Guys will be playing probably, I don't know, what, 60 games? Yeah, I, I mean, how many, I mean, how we many could, games can you afford to give up? We could see guys playing every single game. We will, you know, why not? Yeah, why I mean, not? Uh, they and, should be playing over 100 during the regular season anyway. So 70, they really should be playing every game. Also, I think that, uh, you know, the, the NL is going to have a DH now. Um, yeah. Which I'm sure they're very excited about. But, you know, that that's big, too. That's, that's fun. Um, 
I don't know. It's it's gonna it, it's gonna be completely different. Teams are gonna have completely different strategies. Um, have a chance. The good teams can't stumble out of the gate. Um, you know, if if you think back to prior baseball seasons, you know, oftentimes you'll see, you know, 30, 40 games in, you'll see uh you'll see a bad team who's right up there and yeah. you know, 40 games into the season now is is more than halfway. So and listen, I I understand that analytics, sabermetrics are a huge part of the game. They basically are the game right now. Um, but this may be an opportunity to see some managers, some GMs kind of throw that out the window, right? Like, we don't have time to burn the bullpen out. We don't have time, um, you know, to find the right matchups on every day. You need guys playing every day, you know, whether they're hot or cold because they're your best players. And so maybe we will see a little bit of old school baseball come back a little bit, which might be great for the game. Yeah, and, and just, just to hop off that point, I mean, they don't have time for, you know, the streaky Joey Gallo type hitter to start seeing the ball well and start hitting homers. You know, maybe small ball is a thing. Maybe teams yeah. are trying to steal more bases. Maybe maybe guys are really trying to take third base on a, on a ball in the gap instead of just stopping at second and letting, the, you know. So um, I've been a huge proponent for, for the game swinging back the other way just a little bit. I mean, I love old school baseball, and that doesn't really fit into what people want to hear, or at least people in the game want to hear right now. But I love a sacrifice bunt. I love guys take, getting aggressive, trying to take third, guys stealing bases, hitting runs, and you just don't see that anymore. Maybe in a 70-game season. I mean, it's already, a, it's already a weird season anyway. Let's, let's swing it back to the 90s. I couldn't agree more. I'm always in favor of, of old-school baseball, a suicide squeeze, you know. Exactly. Taking third, squeezes. stealing second. Like, who knows? Maybe it's a 70-game season. Maybe we see Trout trying to steal more bases again this year, whereas he hasn't been doing it because – um, because of, of injury concerns and because teams just want to hit the long ball. Um, and it'll be interesting to see, and it'll be interesting to see guys who, you know, want to, you know, get the records um, in the books and maybe they're trying to, to break a steals record. Maybe they're trying to up what their, their, their back of their baseball card. So I don't know, maybe they feel the pressure in a shortened season to, uh, to keep those numbers as close as to where they were. Absolutely. I also think what, what's going to be fun about this season is that, we're really going to be able to see, you know, there's going to be a scenario, at least with one team, where there's just a guy who gets scorching hot and really, like, carries a team. You yeah. know, if, if a guy carries a team to 10 wins over a two-week stretch, that's huge, you know? So, so if Harper goes on one of his tears and brings the Phillies to 10, to 10 straight wins um, in 14 days or something like that, you know, they're right there. And, and that is very, very possible. You know, you can see Rendon and Trout dominating for the Angels. And maybe we see Trout in the playoffs this year, which I don't care how many games this season. I want to see Trout yeah. in the playoffs. So, And, and um, there's an expanded there's an expanded postseason, which will give the Angels that opportunity. Uh, I think at the end of it, MLB, Manfred, has to be hoping that in this 70-game season, the Stars take over, right? I mean – no one has anything to do besides watch the NBA playoffs come back. And then if baseball comes back, that will be really the only things on. I'm not sure where the NHL is at right now um, in terms of their start date. But the best thing you can happen is guys are watching Mike Trout, Rendon, Judge, Betts every day. And that's the best thing to happen for them. Completely. They need that. And, you know, I hope, you know, I hope Juan Soto is hitting walk-off homers and flipping his huge strikeouts and going nuts in the mound 
I hope there are benches clearing brawls once a week. Call me crazy, but that's fun. That's what baseball needs. And, you know, they have a, an opportunity here to really let, let experiment. You know, it's a crazy season. It's a weird season. Make it crazier, you know, see what works and, and take what works uh, with them to next season and beyond. You know, I think, I think the, the, the old school unwritten rules rule book that, that has been so prevalent in the MLB for so long has to be done away with because quite frankly, as you mentioned with the average age of viewers, young people are not, um, are not uh, migrating not towards in. the game yeah. anymore. So how, so figure it out, you know, like. Let's get, let's get Jackie Moon in here. I and mean, we yeah. need some, ja- we need some Jackie Moon experimental marketing ploys right now. And I think if, if the MLB was ever, you know, scared to, to unleash a camp, certain campaign or, or not intervene in certain unwritten rules of game, this is the time just to let it go. I mean, I don't care if a guy flips his back to third base after a walk-off home run. There should not be any pitcher getting upset about it. This is the game. Let it be. Or have a brawl. Either one. But Completely. Don't, don't get upset Listen, send a memo to the umps, have a conversation with the umps, and say, listen, if a guy gets hit, and he does the whole tough guy thing when you know that he just wants to be held back so he looks tough, don't hold him back, you know? If the pitcher wants to come and he wants to fight him, let them fucking fight. Let him go for it. I want to see it. And here's the other thing, and you just mentioned you brought it up with the umpires. I do not want umpires making this a show about them. Do not be calling, you know, these fringe balls and strikes. Do not let these replays take 35 minutes. Because let me tell you, a kid tunes into the game and you're now looking at a replay for 25 minutes for a guy stepping on whether he got the first in time. The kid's turning it off, right? Like, no Completely. one has that attention span right now. Do not let it ruin You have one chance. Like, they have, despite what we talked about, they will have the opportunity to have eyes on them. Do not let sabermetrics, do not let umpires, and do not let MLB replays ruin this audition. Completely. And... It makes no sense to me the the thirty five minute replays. I mean, baseball is largely a black and white sport. Around. You know, yeah. who who touched the bag first? It's not that difficult. I I know that there's a guy in New York looking at all these plays. All four umpires don't need to go in and watch it. Tell him it was he safer out, and let's move on. Like we don't need don't, to. Uh, we don't. Yeah, we don't need we don't need the hour look at it, and we also don't. Uh, I don't need Angel Hernandez behind the plate. I think when this starts up, I want him at I want him at second base. He can take the second base steals and then plays at second, but I don't want him behind home plate. And I, I, he just seems like the guy who wants the show to be about him. I think something that could be really fun too is you know let's let's have more double headers. You know I don't care if you have yeah. to do if if you have double headers every other Sunday and and each game is seven innings. You know like okay, so it's not a regular nine inning game, but you know what? Changes are made. You know, the NBA makes changes. The NFL makes changes. They they keep experimenting. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But, I mean, I'm all for a seven-inning games if it means a doubleheader. I think that's fun. And, you know, Absolutely. like, a shortened game isn't the worst thing for the MLB when half the complaints are the games take too long. Uh, that Not only that, but, listen, the NBA played its base. It basically played its regular season, right? They They basically finished. The NHL did the same. We don't know what's going to happen with college sports and the NFL. But, you know, it all looks like the NFL will do whatever it can to get their 16 games. The MLB is in a different position, right? 
So now they have the opportunity to experiment. The NBA did a little bit of experimenting, but their season was over. They're going into the playoffs. The MLB is going to take on this shortened season, be the first of the sport to do so. So who cares? There's already, people are already going to look at it differently anyway. So let's just try whatever you can to get the sport back on top. Completely. There, there's, you know, the, the MLB more than the, the NBA or any other season is going to have an asterisk next to the season. That's not to say that the World Series won't be legitimate because I won't say that because the Yankees have a good chance to win and I'm not going to preemptively delegitimize their World Series. But there will be an asterisk because it's a weird ser- it's a weird season no matter what. So just go for it. Experiment. They're already doing that with the with uh, the NHL the, with the uh, the NL having a DH. But but do more. You know, just do more and see what works. Some things might work. Some things won't. But but do it and see what fans like. See what the young people like and see how you can implement it moving forward. I mean, I couldn't agree more. So. Hopefully baseball comes back. Um, I, it looks like this will get done. They're talking about somewhere between 60 and 70 games. There should be a resolution within the next 48 hours. I mean, this is, this is, uh, you know, this is the time, time to get it done. So we're going to take a little break. But when we come back, we're going to reminisce about what we missed the most about the MLB games, the MLB fan experience. And we'll be doing a draft, drafting the best experiences at an MLB game. All right, we're back with uh, with our fan experience draft. Ari had the first pick last week in the NBA draft, so I will be taking the first pick in this one. And with the first pick, if anyone knows me, they know that I love I love critiquing the manager. It's my favorite thing to do in the sport. So my first my first pick is questioning the manager's decisions with the fans around me. There's nothing like. Aaron Boone coming out to get the pitcher. Everyone starts getting a little, little upset. They're 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 a little bit grumpy. Some of them are drunk, and we're just we're just beating on Boone. It could be the right decision, could be the wrong one. People are throwing out fake sabermetric terms that they've heard in the past, and we're just getting on Boone um, when he takes the starter out of the game. Yep, backseat manager. Everybody, every yep. every fan thinks that they're the best backseat manager in the league. Um, and when you get a when you get a section that that is all on one, one wavelength of, of how they think, there's nothing like it. You know, everybody has the same thoughts. You don't have that one fan saying, no, he's making the right move. He should come out in the, in the middle of the fifth inning. Everyone's like, no, let him stay in and let him get another K. I'm with you. It's a lot as, of fun. As we've, con- as we've gone on, you know, since we were younger, early 2000s, and now first it was, I don't know. This guy's pitch count's getting up there. You know, it's in 120s. Then, you know, we get into the Moneyball era. It's, you know, I don't know about this. The lefty-righty doesn't work. I don't know about that. Then you get you get into the, uh, you know, fans just screaming out whip and, yeah. and, and, and other stuff. And then all of a sudden, everyone is Billy Bean. So, I don't know. I watched a little big, little big league the other night. Um, I really thought I could do the job. But, you know, at that point, everyone everyone kind of thinks they could be the manager. So, that's my number one. Yeah, I get it. So I think that my number one is just, you know, you get you get to the stadium, you grab a beer, you grab a hot dog, and then you head to your section, and it's just kind of that that feeling out of the section. You know, you know, you give a couple nods, a couple a couple acknowledgments to the fans around you, and you're just feeling them out. You know, are you gonna be are you gonna be celebrating with them? Is it a high five type of se- type of section, or is it? 
you know, just you and your buddies who you went there with. So just kind of understanding the vibe of the section around you, people around you. you in can the tell, section. You can tell very, very early on what kind of person you're sitting next to. Uh, I also love, I don't know if you've ever experienced this. If you see someone again, that's also a great experience. Uh, there's nothing better. Come back to the game. It's like their family. It's like, it's like we're at Applebee's, your family. It's like you know? seeing, it's like, it's like getting, getting to camp next year and seeing your bunkmates. It's like, wow. Exactly. We're about to you have a great game. In, you know what the banter's like. You know, you give a little fist bump. How you doing? How's the family? You don't even know yeah. that they have a family, but that's the opening line. Completely agree. There's nothing like seeing seeing a prior uh, a prior fan who you've who you've uh, been with and vibed with at a at a game. Exactly. It's like having another another uh, buddy with you at the game. All right. My number two. I'm gonna go with the pump up music after the big hit and getting in the pitcher's head. There's nothing like. Someone hitting a big double drives in two. They start blasting the music. Pitcher's a little rattled. Maybe we have to go to a, a mound visit. Everyone's hitting their seats, sitting the sides of the uh, by the third base, first baseline, and you just it's, it's like a it's giant dance party. It's great. Yeah, and you know, hopefully this is happening after after a beer or two has been has been yeah, drank, exactly. and you know everybody's feeling good. Your team is winning. Um, and you're just you're just saying things you don't even know what you're saying anymore, but everybody is on the same page and you feel like you are actively playing a role in the four run inning. Plus you have maybe one of your friends, maybe a guy in your section, he's coming down, he's got a couple of drinks in his hand, he doesn't even know what happened, but he hears the music and he's into it. Yep. I don't even know I don't know what just happened, but he's screaming, he loves it, everyone's into it. It's just everyone everyone loves everyone at that it's, point. It's ELE. And in the right. playoffs, it's even better. Yep, nothing like it. All right, to my number two, it's it's breaking the barrier. So this usually happens, you know, there's a big hit, uh, maybe in the third or fourth inning, a home run. Um, and, and you know, you've already felt out your section, so you know that, that you're with each other. And then there's a big hit, you know, you've had some beers and you're just high-fiving. You know, there's like the lean-over hug, you know, whether if you're on the, the level below, you're kind of up going upwards. And if you're up top, you're leaning over. But there's hugs, there's high fives. You know, a little bit of beer is probably spilled, but everyone's fine with it because everyone's on the same page. Um, so breaking the barrier, kind of setting the precedent for what the rest of the game is going to look like. There's nothing like it. Yep, especially when you get there in the beginning of the game. Maybe a nice early first, second inning home run. You're feeling, you know, you're feeling it out. You're understanding what kind of, fan is sitting next to me but by the seventh inning eighth inning big rbi big strikeout you're all just you're just automatically going in for the for the fist bump the hug maybe in the playoff i told you the other day during the regular season the fans next to you they become friends but in the postseason it's family absolutely it's, it's a whole nother level you know especially if they're fans you both have maybe a 10 game package so you oh, know yeah. each other you know that that feeling out process is already done the barrier is broken and you go in knowing what to expect. It's like you're sitting on the couch with a bunch of friends watching a game, but you're at the stadium. There's no filter. You can do whatever you want and you know everybody there is going to support you. The banter's at I an mean, all-time high. It's just there's nothing like it. I don't know what life's going to be like post-corona without the high five. I mean, I, I don't want to see a world in which I can't turn to the guy behind me, the guy next to me, and just, just a nice high five after a home run. Yeah, I don't know what the uh, what the, the what, is, what the what the Zoom sections for uh, 
we're watching a game is going to look like, you know, are we, you know, are we yelling over each other? Is there someone, is the person who is leading the zoom going to be muting everyone? And it's going to be tough to manage. I'll tell you what though, going back to when, when we did get to go to the games in person, I was a big high five guy, but I'll tell you in the big moments, I was a big grab you and just kind of shake you kind of guy. Yeah, I don't know no, why, I, but I, I love, love the grab and shake. The, the grab two, and shake. The two shoulder grab and shake. Yeah. There's not, and then, you know, there's the one guy who wears his hat a little loose. His hat's yep. off his head at it this point. Off. But I've nobody cares because everybody off. is in a grab and shake mood. There is nothing sometimes, like it. Sometimes you do the two shoulder. Maybe I'll do a lift off. I'll, do the, I'll, I'll try to get some elevation. Do yeah, jump while I'm doing the grab and shake. Yeah, the grab it's and just, shake, man. That is, there's nothing like it's it. It's a move. That's there's a move I was like taught very early on. And then, by, like I said, by, by the seventh inning, you're just, without even thinking you're doing the grab and shake. Yeah. In the beginning, the, the grab, you can't do the grab and shake in hey, the second inning. Someone, you'll be thrown out. You're high, high, high leverage position, seventh inning, you know, the booze has been flowing. Yep. The grab and shakes are not even a thought. It's just, it just not, happens, you know? Yeah. You it just happens. You go from the... Fist bump to high five or high five to fist bump to the grab and shake. By the end, you're doing a maybe maybe a hug if it's a big game at the end after a big W. Gra- grab um, and shake into a hug. Into the hug. Into the hug. That's a great, a great move. <laughs> so we have those. We drafted those two, our two favorite experiences. Now uh, I'll let you go first on this one. Our least favorite experience at an MLB game something we're not really missing right now yeah I mean there's there's nothing worse than you know you're at a game with a buddy and uh either you have another friend in a different section somebody leaves in your section so you tell them hey we got an extra seat come sit with us they come sit and then you just gotta you got the guy behind you you know you know Bobby looks a lot he's just staring at you like what's this guy doing here it's like, pal, what, what, why do you care? No one's sitting here. It's my friend. Um, and, you know, if that's the case, that also implies that, you know, you felt out your section. It was not a good vibe. There was no barrier broken. You're not high-fiving with them. So this is already after, you know, you're not hitting it off with your section. And now they're just like, they're trying to get your friend out of there. They're giving you looks. So that, that's, that's something I'm not missing right now. I got to tell you, can I be a little honest with you here? Are you that guy? I can't. No, I'm not that guy. I promise you that. My dad, he may be that guy sometimes. <laughs> what I cannot tolerate is someone coming into a seat that's not theirs, right? I don't care that it's the first part. It's fine. Take If it's open, your buddies are there. Come on down. Join the fun. It's, I get a little bit annoyed when someone comes in and they're just reckless. They're, they're coming in. They're tumbling over with beer. They're spilling it on me. Oh, they don't absolutely. have the vibe. That I cannot tolerate. That, sir, I cannot do. There is an unspoken agreement that if you come in to a section and you're the new guy, you know, you come in in the sixth, seventh inning and you're the new guy, you have a, a responsibility, a duty to – you have to go through the steps. You have to feel it out. You, you can't have to be just, initiated. You can't just come in and, 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 and be the loudest guy there, you know? You have to be accepted and you have to be patient, you know? You can't force an acceptance. You have to do the exactly. grunt work and you have to be there and understand what's going on around you. I completely agree with you. That's when you'll lose me. Everything else is okay, but if you're coming in, you're standing the whole time, I can't see shit, you're throwing stuff all around, you're screaming in my ear, I got to say, like that I can't do. But if you're, you come in and you know your place, 
You grow with the fans. You grow with yep. us. You're there for the. the you have to be accepted. You have these yeah. people have been together for for six innings at this point. You know, they're yeah. they become friends. They know each other. You can't just come in and expect to be on that level. It's not how it works. You don't walk into someone's dinner party and just start screaming out of nowhere. You'll be no. kicked, you'll be thrown out. No, you walk in and you say, "Hey, would you, would, would, would you mind if I grab some food? Is that okay? You know, be polite. Yeah. Ask. You know, can I can I have some water? Um, yeah. Hey, you, I'm here with Johnny. Nice to meet you. Uh, yeah. Beautiful home. You, you don't gotta, just you gotta get accustomed. You don't just come in and cut a huge slice of cake. That's not how it works. That's really so. That that was just my that was my uh, just my one exception. No, you're right. It's an rule. important it's an important clarification. All right, so now that we got that out of the way, uh, I guess I'll end this with the thing I really hate the hate the most is someone listening to a conversation with my with my friend. They haven't they haven't come into the conversation all game. I don't even know the guy, and we're having a discussion maybe about who's leading the division, who has the most RBIs, most home runs. Maybe one of us gets it wrong. Uh, I don't think I usually do, but if if one of us gets it wrong, they come in and they barge into the conversation with some bullshit or they have something to say. That that I do not miss whatsoever. Just, I, just stay out. Yeah, completely. Completely. I, you know, there's an exception there too. You know, it's like if, if you've been in constant conversation all game, then that's fine. But don't barge yep. in in the seventh inning with some unnecessary commentary. You know, like we're not looking for that. I, I don't care. And I'll tell you what. I don't care if the I got this gets- guy's whip wrong. All right. It, that that and let me tell you, the thing that even bothers me more than that is someone who comes into the conversation with some ridiculous statement. If I'm talking about Brett Gardner, people know I'm not the biggest fan of Brett Gardner. He's a serviceable player, very solid. But if we're talking about Brett Gardner and some guy comes into the conversation saying that he's in the running for MVP, we're going to have a problem. And I've heard that before. Do not come into this conversation with some absurd statement acting like you are a friend when we don't even know you. No, I mean, you're right. This is not first take. You're right. We're not Max Kellerman over here. You're right. And, and these, are, these are people you don't want to be sitting with. Don't, don't barge in. You know, you know knock. Knock. Not exactly. 100%. And I've had, mo- I've had moments where we're, you know, it's in Yankee Stadium, someone's saying something ridiculous. I turn to my dad and I go, that guy's pretty wrong. You know, I turn yeah, to my and friend they, and say, you know, I, and me, I, I'll never say something because it's not my place unless we're buds and we're in a conversation or we've get, we got to know each other for the first couple innings. And I'll say, you know what? I'll disagree with you. But until then, I'm just being, if we're having a conversation or I hear something wrong, it's not my place. And how about the guy who, who he hears your conversation and he'll turn to his buddy next to you and speak loud enough so he knows that you hear and start, oh, and start chirping what you're saying. It's like, at that point, I'd rather you just barge in so I can talk back to you, you know? Don't, yeah. don't, don't do I the whole, I know you can hear me, but I'm pretending like you can't think. You know, don't be that, that guy. You have the conversation. You're talking about the standings, who's in first. You say to your buddy, oh, I think the Yanks are four and a half games up. Meanwhile, they're probably, you know, they're seven. The guy behind you. You know, the standings are really interesting. You know, the Yankees are seven games yeah. up right now. It's all, all right, come, come on, bud. Yeah, I mean, come on. Really? Yeah. I've heard that a fair amount of times. You're 100% right. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, just, it's the, the classic, I know I'm loud enough for him to hear, but I'm going to pretend like I'm not type of move, and I don't like it. Yeah. I'm not I, I hate it. So uh, those are the things we don't miss, and I'm sure we could do a podcast on its own about the type of people you'll find at the 
MLB game. But with that, we got into uh, we got into everything that was going on within the game. Uh, we talked about you know some of the things we miss, what we don't miss. Hopefully, there's baseball soon. You know, give it a month, and then hopefully we we have. You know, my dream is that I can turn on a Yankees game, watch a few innings, then tune back into the NBA playoffs to watch, you know, Lakers Clippers. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing I want more than turn a Yankee game on on a Sunday, you know, watch the first few innings, doze off a little bit, open yep. my eyes for a second, see the Yankees are winning, doze off and kind of wake up to watch, you know, innings seven through nine and get a little New York, New York at the end. Um, I got to so, say, though, with 70 games, I don't know if you can doze off mid-game anymore. You're right. You know, every, the, every, the, inning, every inning counts. The fan has the obligation to not take an off day as well. You're right. Yeah. It's all on us right now, and it's our job to get baseball back to its beloved place in our country. Yes, it is. So that's that. We'll be back next week as always. If you would want to comment, feel free at Real Couch Talk, either on Twitter or Instagram. Ari, it's been real. Another great episode in the books. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Looking forward to next week. All right. Talk to you later. All right. <laughs>